Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. It takes courage to go against the grain, especially when your family and culture has only done things a particular way. For today's guest, Stuti Gupta, she was the first in her family to go to university and even to leave her hometown for new adventures. But when her family member's health declined, she returned home and created a new narrative. Now, she's building one of India's most well-known premium direct-to-consumer wellness and lifestyle brands, Amrutam. In today's episode, Stuti shares how she followed her dreams whilst her peers were expected to marry and have children, why we have to tune into ourselves to know what's right, and the importance of not relying only on external validation through your entrepreneurial journey. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, Firstly, welcome, and please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Stuti. Stuti, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the incredible work you were doing in health and the well-being space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm actually excited to do this podcast too. I'm honoured to be here. Amazing. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Tuti and I've grown up in a small town called Gwalior in central India. 
the state is called Madhya Pradesh, which literally means central state. I basically did my graduation in psychology honors from Bangalore. And then I did my master's in clinical psychology. And right after that, I actually started a chain of backpacker hostel in Goa and in Manali, places in India which are pretty popular for travelers. And after that, I joined Amritam, which was started by my parents in 2006 as a manufacturing company for Ayurvedic medicines. So our products used to be prescribed by doctors. And for almost 10 years, they were running the business and when they met with a lot of financial crisis, basically there was a lot of loss and my father went into depression. And since I was studying psychology, I could recognize that there were pretty obvious symptoms that he was going through mental health issues. That's when my brother and I decided to go back home. We both were living in Bangalore and uh, we decided we'd move back and we started working on Amritam. And since then, I've been working full-time. It's been five years. Amritam is an Ayurvedic lifestyle brand where our vision is to bring people closer to a healthier lifestyle. And the idea is to offer products, recipes in forms of, you know, Ayurvedic formulations that people can integrate in their modern lifestyle. Very easy to use. Both healthcare and personal care products. As well as uh, we have a platform where people can take consultation from an Ayurvedic doctor. So we are also into services. We are into educational content where we give out free ebooks. We have, in fact, published a book called Ayurveda Lifestyle at the Beginning. And there's a lot of things that we do. We, in fact, have a podcast as well because a lot of people were facing mental health issues and we wanted to talk about that openly. Oh, love that you do a podcast. It's always the best icing on top of the cake. No, I love that. And I find it fascinating how you and your brother kind of picked up what your parents had built and, you know, they were going through all that financial strain and you almost rebirthed the business. So I can't wait to dive deeper into that business journey and kind of, you know, picking up the pieces and creating something of your own. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, what was it like growing up in India? And, you know, when you moved back after moving away and studying, what was that time like? I'm glad you asked. Growing up in a small town is, of course, one thing. And growing up in a small town, being a girl is another thing altogether. Women in my extended family, they usually got married by 21, 22. You know, they would have kids by 24, 25. I was the first girl to actually step out of those hometown and go out to study. With respect to education, my parents really focused on that for both me and my brother. So I wanted to study psychology, studied architecture, which is really not popular fields in India. Usually you would see someone typically picking up engineering or you know, being a doctor or being a CA, like there are these three, four professions which are most popular and almost everyone tries to get into that. Our parents really focused on the part that you need to learn. You know, whatever you choose to learn, that's up to you, but you need to learn. I'm trained in understanding classical music, like an engaged kid <laughs> and um, with a lot of cultural aspect also while growing up. My family is extremely religious, so that's also something that you know has been very strongly integrated in 
our value system even when we talk a lot about you know just spirituality and connecting with yourself and when i moved to bangalore little things like at home we practice ayurvedic lifestyle little things like you know you we don't eat before having a bath the first thing that we do when we wake up in the morning is have water from a copper jug and i still have this copper jug with me <laughs> so you know like little things these these are little things that you know it may seem obvious when you're doing it at home when i moved to bangalore and i saw how everyone would just have breakfast without having a bath or just understanding that oh because i assumed that everyone did this right being a popular kid in school in a small town versus going to this university in a metro city and then really feeling like a no one building your identity again i think it has contributed a lot to who i am because i have a part of me which connects to my roots but at the same time because of the fact that i got these opportunities i could learn i could explore in fact i went to uh, europe solo backpacking in 2019 just sometime before lockdown i felt like all of this could happen because i understand the importance of both that's what we put in amritam also like the brand is a self expression right of the people who are building it so things that we have connected with in the modern world and also the slow paced small town life mixed together the values the ethos have come together so powerful for our peers out there listening who don't or can't find the courage they know that they want to do something a bit different they know they don't want to become the traditional doctor lawyer you know engineer and they know deep within that although perhaps their parents are pushing them or society is pushing them to tell them that's what you do to be the best and to be the smartest or whatever it may be they know deep down it's not right for them but perhaps they don't have the courage that you had to pick their own path what advice would you give to us around tuning into ourselves and ultimately choosing what's right for us So I think the first thing is no matter what stage you are at one thing that you have to understand is that life is actually not about the bigger things they're about the everyday like how you're living every single day and if you're not able to find that flow if not happiness at least that flow where you lose track of time just enjoying what you're doing that's like a red flag you're constantly watching the clock what you're doing is not a fit for the skill or the aptitude that you have it's hard to recognize that of course because of a lot of social conditioning if i'm constantly you know being reinforced to do things that are done by majority of people to be able to take something that people may not appreciate you for at least not right away you know when your reward seeking mechanism is external then your decisions are so driven by external reaction similarly when you have that self awareness that okay i am finding flow in this i am seeking reward by doing this or the fact that i can appreciate myself the way i talk to myself can make me go on that makes a huge difference like it's a game changer what matters is awareness so my advice is that you know really spend time with yourself and honestly you can change it too there might be a time that 3 4 whatever years later you feel like something that gave me true joy is not giving me joy anymore i may want to just take a break 
and then figure out what I want to do. I want to ask you, when was there a point for you where you thought, hmm, psychology maybe as a practice and working in it, and I know you practice in the space, isn't 100% fulfilling me and I feel the need to change. When did that time come for you? And, you know, what was that transition like when you were in practice in psychology and then you decided to move back home and re-energize or recreate the family business? When did you know it was the right time? I was supposed to go to Scotland, my dream university is University of Edinburgh. And I had gotten through the course that I had applied for. I even was offered a scholarship. But this is the same year that the financial crisis hit at home. And I had still not understood the intensity of the crisis. Because when it's financial crisis, you feel like, okay, you can still get over it. But when it's a mental health crisis, when a parent has become hopeless and is just seeing darkness all around. That took me an entire year before I realized it. So in 2016, when I was supposed to go and I had just finished my master's, I thought that, okay, if I'm not going, I will start a therapeutic community. And that's where the Backpacker Hostel came from because my Backpacker Hostel was called The Lost Tribe. You know, community can act itself as a tool of healing for people where you live together and that sort of gives you a safe space to just find yourself back. I feel like that entrepreneurial spirit was always there in me because I've been born in a business family and, you know, there's business in our blood. We don't have to learn it. We don't have to necessarily go out and study business because that's something that we constantly observe. When I started the therapeutic community, I knew that I would need a revenue model. So usually my guests would stay for a really, really long period. And that whole, you know, community aspect came into the picture. I organized four art festivals. The, the last one actually had more than 50 artists staying in my property. And they were all creating and there were a lot of activities. And a lot of that was taken up from psychology, of course, because I studied psychology for seven years. And practice also in my master's. So there was a lot of depth and understanding of, okay, how can I use this? but also for the normal people who wouldn't necessarily think that they're going through something that they really need to seek medication for or therapy for, but they still need a safe space. So I got into business because of that. After running the hostel, and I started in 2016, and basically my parents, they were constantly, that's when they started questioning, you know, what are you doing, all of that. So <laughs> they were constantly questioning it. Moving back to Gwalior was unthinkable for me. It was not an option. And they said, move to Bangalore. And when I moved to Bangalore, and I'm not someone who can sit idle. And I was like, what do I do? Because I was living in Manali and I wasn't living in mountains. So when I was in mountains and when the summer started to move towards autumn, is when I actually depressed and I was diagnosed with clinical depression. So eventually I agreed to my parents and I moved to Bangalore because of that. And I went to meet this person to seek therapy. And he offered me a job instead. <laughs> and I told him, no, I've come here to take therapy. And he was like, no, it's okay. You know, you can work. He said that, you know, you work on my organization's visibility. Because he understood that I was good at building communities and just bringing structure into the you know, organization and all of that. So my role was called Psychologist Business Design. And the fact that, of course, then I found someone else for therapy. And then when I 
started that, I realized that I was extremely unhappy with the job because I always knew I can't work under anyone. Like It's just a personality type. I've always been that leader. Like at 17, I started volunteering at an NGO and I became the national head. Uh, 500 volunteers were working under me. So my nature is that if I enter a space, then by default, I would take up a leadership position. There wasn't a lot of autonomy in my job and I wasn't, and I wasn't just happy. That's all. Then I realized that what I'm basically doing for this organization, which is building a community and, you know, increasing their visibility. What if I can just do this for my parents, you know, for Amritam? And this is something that my mother kept telling me and my brother that, you know, you should come back, you should come back. Eventually, it just made sense. Like, it just suddenly something struck a chord and my brother moved and then I moved back. There was no brand. It was a typical B2B supply chain. We are distributor for other companies. It was just a manufacturing company, basically. And when we came in, we realized that, okay, if we have to do this, it means that it's going to be associated with our identity. So I brought in the brand community bit and my brother, because he was running a tech startup, he brought in the technology, the innovation. We hired a designer, we got a new logo, worked on the new labeling, packaging, bottle jars. That took us about three, four months. And once that was done, I remember just thinking, okay, how do you sell them? (laughs) (laughs) So then we built our own website. I kept asking my brother, how are people going to come to our website? You know, (laughs) my brother is extremely passionate about customer data. He thinks that, you know, if only we have touch points is when we can build a community. Eventually he said that start writing blogs. And we started putting up blogs. We started seeing some people coming on our website. And we got like one order in August 2017. That entire month, we just got one order. After like almost one and a half year, I saw hope in his eyes for the first time. Like his eyes sparkled when he heard that, you know, we got our first order through website. Like it was like magic, you know. There was nothing then. Like I said, there was no D2C word going. So the whole concept of someone buying from your website was still quite fresh and in Gwalior, we were the only ones doing it. And yeah, of course, then slowly we started running ads. And since I was traveling a lot, basically my Instagram reached pretty high and I had a few thousand followers. So that became the initial customers for Amritam who started following us, who started building a community on Instagram. People started coming to our website because of our blogs and eventually ads. And a lot of people used to approach me to endorse their product like me as an influencer because I had you know about 8,000 9,000 followers back then so I thought that okay if people are reaching out to me I can also reach out to other people so then we started influencer marketing very very early on when very few brands are doing it I remember this one time one influencer posted about a product and we got 500 orders in a day slowly you know like we started understanding okay this is happening that's happening that's not your podcast so we've been doing a lot of these things in order to engage our community and the idea is not to constantly say here take a product take a product take a product but actually telling people that you know what you can live a better lifestyle so the dialogue has always been about customer first the lifestyle that we are trying to offer and educating people. If you're facing hair fall, just one product is not going to fix you. You will have to change your lifestyle. You'll have to work on a sleep. You'll have to work on what you eat. 
I love that you pushed through and persevered <laughs> with the brand and, and so many other things. And I just have so much respect for those who go into existing businesses. My sister's also done a similar thing in my family with my parents. And, you know, some of the things I see her struggling with, you know, I just think, oh my goodness, I would not have the patience for that. A lot of respect for anyone that's kind of gone in, transformed and helped up level. Oh my goodness, Suti, this has been such an interesting chat and conversation. I've got a couple of final questions for you. And before I kind of ask one, as a summary, over the last five years since starting your company, you've really gone from strength to strength. You know, you've received so much recognition for your work, both you and your brother. And most recently, you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? So I think the first thing is the clear boundaries, especially when it comes to family business. I feel like not being able to draw boundaries with respect to work and personal life, especially when you're working with the family, can get a little hectic. It can be demanding. Second is that it's really important to understand finance and accounts. While accounts is whatever that has happened, finance is about actually seeing what your goals are and budgeting things out. Like I said, that when it's a fresh startup, a lot of things are clear from the beginning. But when you're entering an existing system, you have to understand whatever has happened. And also, when you're taking forward something, you will have to deal with whatever has happened, right? So everything else can be managed, but the financial aspect cannot be. And third is, I think, autonomy. A lot of times you wouldn't even realize who's making the decision, like who's accountable for this decision. That becomes very tricky. The benefit of it is that you trust the people you're working with. But the con is that you constantly have to tiptoe around everyone's feelings. So it's best to just voice out and hold people accountable and have autonomy for each and every person and different key roles rather than everyone doing everything together. And I think that can save up so much time, so much money because you will not make wrong decisions. And you know that, okay, I am accountable for this, then I'm really going with something. Such valuable advice. Look, Suti, before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us, in particular us young, ambitious women of colour, that if we have this vision, this goal and this dream for ourselves that's different to either previous generations or those around us, we actually can go out there and make it happen. And for that, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much course. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I went into mental health pretty early on after working. And when I started building the community with Amritam, I realized that, you know, the body, mind and soul has to be looked together. So my work largely involves educating people with whatever I do, with whatever Amritam does, that you have to look at body, mind and soul, all three of them as three parts of one being rather than one being more important and other being less important. So the value is 
making a difference in people's life, small or big, with respect to their physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. I believe that 12 years ago, when I thought that mental health would become something that people would want to talk about, I know that 10 or 20 years later, people will be talking about spiritual health because we will have enough equipments, enough tools to deal with our physical health conditions and we'll have enough awareness and enough infrastructure for our mental health. And that's when people will start talking about the existential crisis. Why do we exist? And my work involves, you know, making people live a better life. That's the value that I'm adding. That's the job that I'm doing with. Ah. So special. Thank you so much, Stuti. It's been such an amazing chat. Where can we learn more about you and Amrutham? So you should go to amrutham.co.in, A-M-R-U-T-A-M dot C-O dot I-M for Amrutham. And for me, you can check my profile on LinkedIn. It's Stuti Ashok Gupta. I've actually added my father's name in my name. His name is Ashok. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Love it. Amazing. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.